What's going on, family? Happy Monday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you had a fantastic weekend as we are now officially in the final day of the month of February. And while it is indeed the shortest month on the calendar, it's certainly been packed chock full of news here in the wrestling world and we're going to talk about some of that at least some of the more recent news right now speaking of news and the like i want to thank you guys so much for your continued support of all things connected to the faction you guys have been rocking with us all month long and we really really appreciate it whether it's on the socials at the faction show or whether you're subscribed to our podcast in all of the spaces that you can catch us. Thank you so much. And if you're brand new, welcome aboard. I think you're going to like what we're cooking up for you here at The Faction. So with that said, there's quite a bit to get to. I want to start with a big piece of news that dropped last week that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet. And that is the quiet exit of Cesaro from the WWE. We are in WrestleMania season and we generally see cuts and people leaving post WrestleMania. But this is one of those rare times where a contract was up and it looked like perhaps things could have worked out, but it didn't. So in case you missed the news, Cesaro is no longer a part of WWE. His contract expired and both WWE and Cesaro could not come to a deal that worked for either of them. And so Cesaro is gone from WWE. So how exactly did this happen? Well, here's kind of how it happened. Well, there's no kind of to it. Here's apparently what's being reported. So if you'll notice, recently there was a new contract extended to the likes of Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. Both of them landed some pretty solid deals. In fact, AJ Styles is now getting upwards of $3 million a year for multiple years. Cesaro wanted a similar type of contract and was never approached with that kind of contract. It was never offered to him. It was never considered to him. And so he decided, I will go and I will do my own thing. Now, here are a couple of things that are really interesting to consider when we think about Cesaro. So Cesaro signed with WWE back in 2011. So we're talking literally 11 years with WWE. The early part of his signing was spent down in FCW, and then he made his main roster debut in 2012. When we think about his career, a multi-time tag team champion, a former U.S. champion, never did get to win the world championship. If you remember back at WrestleMania 30, the same WrestleMania that is known, of course, for Daniel Bryan winning the WWE Championship and the Undertaker streak being broken. Well, Cesaro won the inaugural Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. The night after, he was deemed a Paul Heyman guy, and it certainly seemed that with those two events happening at that particular time, that we were looking at the rocket ship being put on Cesaro as a solo competitor. That didn't happen. And more recently, this time last year, we started to see the rise of Cesaro. Think about this. It was last year that Cesaro had his first singles match at WrestleMania. Can you imagine 
working in the company at that point for 10 years and you only had one solo match he'd been involved in tag matches battle royals but never a solo match and thankfully he won that match against Seth Rollins. That would lead to ultimately a universal title match against Roman Reigns. One of really, I think, maybe two total title matches that he's had. And now that I think about it, I don't know that that's the case. I think that was the lone world championship match that he had. So Cesaro, gone from WWE. The real question now is, where does Cesaro end up? Well, before we get to where he ends up, I'd like to first say thank you to Cesaro for what has been an absolutely amazing career in WWE. He obviously hit the world stage in a big way when he came to WWE, winning multiple championships, but unfortunately never getting the opportunity to become the world champion. With that said, most may have missed his career in Ring of Honor, where he really did some amazing things there. So, with Ring of Honor relaunching the night before WrestleMania, one would think that perhaps there's the possibility that Cesaro returns to Ring of Honor, or maybe he heads to AEW. Here's where things get interesting. Cesaro at this point is 41 years old. Some people might consider that to be old in the wrestling industry, though I will say that age 41, obviously he brings lots of experience. But the question now becomes, what is left for Cesaro to accomplish? Obviously, he would love to be a world champion. So let's just kind of analyze this quickly. Where would it make sense for Cesaro to go? Well, many would argue AEW, but I had an interesting thought as I was watching Rampage over the weekend, and I was looking at the TNT title match between Sammy Guevara and Andrade El Idolo. And one of the things that I noticed is Andrade's AEW run has not gone the way many of us thought it would. I think by now, many of us thought that he would be at least the TNT champion. Think about him debuting, if my memory serves me correctly, all the way back at last year's Double or Nothing. And so now he's nowhere to be found in the title picture. He's had a lackluster run, to say the least. This is certainly not the Andrade we got in NXT that was the NXT champion. So what's happening? And so as I thought about that, I thought to myself, as much as Cesaro would like to be, say, a world champion in AEW, is there even room for that to happen? Think about the former WWE stars that are there that are all deserving the opportunity. You have Adam Cole who's getting ready to get a world title shot next week. You have, of course, Brian Danielson. You have Miro. You have Keith Lee. That's four guys that I've named already on top of your John Moxley's, on top of several others that are there that came from WWE to possibly get the kind of opportunity that they deserve. So I don't know that AEW is the kind of option for Cesaro at this particular phase. Let's also throw in names like Malachi Black and several others, right? There are a lot of top tier stars right now in AEW that 
deserve a run with the championship, but can't possibly all get it within the next year if the AEW world title is to mean something. And consider this, AEW celebrates three years this year in 2022, and they've only had four world champions, that being Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, and now Hangman Page. So four champions over three years, that makes sense as opposed to 12 champions or 13 champions. Your title's not going to mean a whole lot if everybody gets it for about a month. So I rule out Cesaro potentially from AEW, and I know some people would be like, oh my gosh. Well, there's impact. Impact, I think, is a great opportunity for Cesaro. There's still a fairly young locker room there. They could benefit from his experience, and he could go there and become a world champion and not get lost in the sauce, right? I think he could really stand out there. He could equally stand out in Ring of Honor as Ring of Honor makes its return. Given the history that he has there, it would be an amazing moment. And think about the potential matches that you could have there. Cesaro and Jonathan Gresham. Cesaro and Bandito. Right? The list goes on and on in terms of what could happen at Ring of Honor. The however in common is we don't know what the revamped Ring of Honor looks like. Then there is the option of New Japan. Whether it is New Japan of America or New Japan over in Japan. I think either of those options work well. I want to rule AEW off of the table for all of the reasons that I just mentioned. But we'll see. The decision obviously isn't up to me. But I'd like to hear from you. Where do you think Cesaro should show up next in the world of wrestling? And what we didn't talk about is the thriving independent scene. I mean, Cesaro legit could end up doing the indie circuit and do incredibly well. Things in Europe are popping off again in terms of pro wrestling. You know, the British scene is amazing right now as people are coming back to shows. What Progress is doing and several other spaces are doing is pretty impressive to say the least. And then here in the States, tons of independent options as well. So I think Cesaro has more options than people will realize that don't involve AEW. So here's what I want to do. Speaking of independent wrestling, when we come back, I'm going to share with you a show that I went to this weekend, tell you some of the results and some of my observations when we come back. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I got to plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perceptions, reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! 
people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? Oh. The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever going to happen here. For a few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a them and there's a you, there will always be a S-H-W. Southern Honor Wrestling is now on IWTV. Relive the biggest moments and memories from SHW's historic first year. I'm in Dallas Vegas here at Southern Honor Wrestling. Chris but Jericho is here and can't watch out. It's going on. Oh my God. Give me Omega. Oh man. Over you. Oh. because we're just getting started. Don't miss another second of SHW, the fastest growing independent promotion in the Southeast. Check out Southern Honor Wrestling now at independentwrestling.tv. New subscribers use promo code SHW to get five free days. SHW, this is our wrestling. So this past Thursday night, I had the amazing opportunity to attend Terminus Two. It's the new promotion that has been launched by Jonathan Gresham and Baron Black here in Atlanta. It has brought together some of the most amazing names. Now, full disclosure, I was supposed to be at the premiere of Terminus, but that weekend was the whole massive snow and ice storm. See my air quotes, right? And I was supposed to go. I didn't go for a simple reason. Growing up in New York, matter of fact, I actually got my driver's license in the snow and ice. However, in comma, in New York, they know how to treat the roads and they know how to handle all of that. They don't necessarily know how to handle that in the South, specifically in Atlanta. So I didn't want to take any chances. With that said, Terminus 2 is where I found myself and it was downright amazing. I want to just run through some of this card with you guys so that you can understand just how significant this was. So the card started with Invictus Cash against Adam Priest, which believe it or not was the pre-show. That's crazy. You had a four-way match, which was a four-way elimination match. Chris Sabin, Trey Lamar, Leon Ruff, and Kenny Alfonso. Then you had Queen Aminata taking on Kill a Cat. Daniel Garcia and Kevin Blackwood took on Joe Keys and Dante Caballero. Davey Richards against Swerve the Realist, formerly known as Isaiah Swerve Scott, formerly known as Shane Strickland. Holy cow. The Professor Serena Deeb took on Liza Hall. And then Jay Lethal battled Baron Black. And then the title match being for the Ring of Honor Original World Championship, it saw Santana from AEW take on Jonathan Gresham. 
So I could go through match by match, but what I really want to do is talk about how the night felt, okay? First and foremost, I want to shout out my man Jabari McIntyre from the Nation of African American Wrestling Facebook group. Absolutely amazing brother. Had a chance to see him, and I usually would see him in Southern Honor spaces, so it was really cool to see him and his whole crew at Terminus. It was absolutely fantastic. Got to meet up with a fellow podcast brother, Robert Simmons, a.k.a. R3, who represents, of course, Wrestling While Black podcast. I've been on there a couple of times, so it was an incredible honor to actually meet him in person, talk to him, and connect with so many people there. Uh, My guy Kyle Neiman from SHW. A lot of folks were in the house for Terminus 2. The quality wrestling that we saw was incredible. Incredible. I'm a bit of a wrestling purist, admittedly, so to be able to see what I saw was amazing. The opening match of Invictus Cash versus Adam Priest. Adam Priest has been at SHW for the last couple of months. I've been super impressed with what I see by him. I'm going to mention a name that is seemingly taboo in the wrestling world, but his wrestling style reminds me so much of what we loved about Chris Benoit. He's just, oh man, he's got that entire package and it's amazing to watch their match was a best of three rounds kind of match three five minute rounds it kind of reminded me of battling in nxt uk for their heritage cup which is usually up to six rounds of five minute matches i loved it they have a whole thing in terminus where if you hit with a closed fist it's a mark against you And if you do it too many times, you can get disqualified. You're only allowed so many rope breaks in a match or you can be disqualified. Like it's really designed to bring us what we consider pure wrestling. And it was amazing. It was downright amazing. The energy the entire night was incredible. It was on pay-per-view on Fight TV. So you can go to Fight TV and check it out. I'm a massive fan of what Jonathan Gresham and Baron Black are building. And speaking of Baron Black, if you've watched him on AEW Dark, which is likely how you know his name, I want to encourage you to go watch Terminus 2 on Fight TV because the match he had with Jay Lethal is the best match I've ever seen from him. It was incredible. And here's the other thing that happens. If a match goes to the time limit, They then have a 90-second overtime period. And in the 90-second overtime period, almost anything can happen. And Baron Black took Jay Lethal the entire time limit, which I believe was a 15- to 20-minute time limit match. And then they went into the overtime period, and the ending of the match was insane. Seeing Swerve, Swerve the Realist, I had a chance to see him for the first time a couple of years ago at an Evolve show before he got signed to WWE. And he's just that guy. I saw him, of course, a part of Lucha, which was incredible, but he's just that guy. So to get to see him in one of his first outings after leaving WWE, the level of confidence that Swerve has is just incredible. And what a match he had against Davey Richards. He won that match by count out. Davey Richards, my first time seeing him live. I've admired his work for years. He really reminds me of what we loved about Davey Boy Smith. Super stocky, super tight, just incredible to watch what he does. So shout out to him. 
I loved the women's matches on this card. Let me tell you something. Queen Aminata against Killa Kate. That Queen Aminata just has the it factor. And I'm just going to tell you now, I love what we're seeing with black women in wrestling, with all of us in wrestling, quite frankly. But to see how black women can be treated and presented as royalty and do their good work in the ring. If you're unfamiliar with Queen Aminata, trust me, you want to look her up. You want to check out her work. Again, another reason to check out Terminus 2 because she is downright amazing. And then to watch the professor, Serena Deeb, put on a clinic against Liza Hall. An amazing and an incredible match. So top to bottom. And then this Terminator Eliminator match. This Terminal Eliminator match. The great Chris Sabin, Trey Lamar, the return of Leon Ruff, and Kenny Alfonso. So it's my first time seeing Trey Lamar and Kenny Alfonso in a ring. All four of those guys in the ring were just downright incredible. Like, seriously. So do yourself a favor for as much as I'm reviewing this and recapping it. It is worth going back to watch Terminus 2, which is available right now on Fight TV. It was downright amazing. So shout out to Jonathan Gresham, Baron Black. They've got an amazing promotion. A lot of great superstars were just there in attendance as well. From Zicky Dice to the IWTV World Champion, AC Mack, Carly Bravo, and so many others. What a great night. And I'll tell you something. Seeing the rise of Terminus excites me greatly because it's just another reminder that pro wrestling is in an amazing swing right now. Let me also say this. One of the things that I really, really love is that I know there are some folks who like to pit promotion against promotion, right? But I want to just say this. You know, it's possible to have multiple things that you really, really like, and everything doesn't have to be in competition. The rise of Terminus 2 says great pro wrestling is here, and you don't have to like one and hate the other to really express your like for something, right? You can totally enjoy something. Matter of fact, you can enjoy multiple things. So I love the fact that Terminus 2 is here, an incredible promotion. If you can get to Atlanta to check it out, do that. Obviously, if you can get to Atlanta to check out Southern Honor Wrestling, do that. But you can watch both of them, uh, be it on pay-per-view, on IWTV, or on Fight TV. Check them out. Check out all of your local indie promotions that you really enjoy. There's some really great things that are happening there. All right, so I wanted to cover this in this episode, but I think I've already hit us with too much. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to give us another episode to have a conversation about something that people have been hitting me up about, and we pose to you guys on the socials as well. Over the weekend on SmackDown, it was announced that Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar would now be not just champion versus champion, but it's title versus title. Winner take all. So somebody is leaving WrestleMania with both the WWE Championship and the Universal Championship. In fact, the term that was used was a title unification match which is completely different than what happened, say, at WrestleMania six between Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, where the winner would walk out with both titles. There wasn't a merging of the WWE and Intercontinental Championships. We are going to have a title merger 
for the WWE and Universal Championship at WrestleMania between arguably the two biggest names right now in WWE, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. So the conversation that needs to be had is not just the unification conversation. But WWE went on to already say that this will be the biggest match in WrestleMania history. And so whenever you do that, that causes great conversation. So here's what we're going to do. This is my tease because the next time we talk, we're going to talk about this. Is this match the biggest match in WrestleMania history? That conversation is coming up the next time we get together. So with that said, if you're not already following and subscribed to us, do that because you want to get the notification when this conversation drops because it's going to be a really, really good one. All right. All right, guys. Remember tonight, Monday Night Raw is going down. Some great things are happening. And by the way, check our Facebook page as we posted an amazing conversation between the three black WWE champions of the modern era. That, of course, being Kofi Kingston, Bobby Lashley, and Big E. It's a great conversation that you can find right now on our Facebook page. Monday Night Raw is happening tonight as the road to WrestleMania continues. And with that said, we'll see you next time. Representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the EP, John Murray. This is your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I need my people.